Chico Chicago Bulls coverage show. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I am joined, as always, by my good buddy and co-host here, Mr. Trey Hill, to cover a Bulls victory. I know we missed you guys on the last Bulls victory. This is now two in a row here for the Bulls, uh, at least two in a row. Yeah, it's two in a row. And, uh, you know, we, we missed you on the last one, but we're happy to, to get you on this one because this was a uh, a really entertaining game, Trey, to say the very least. It was. DeMar dropped a 50-piece, obviously. Uh, his his season high, I don't think it's his career high. It could be his career high. I don't know, actually. Uh, I definitely know it's his season high, though. He had 45 before this one. So um, just incredible. I think the Bulls, Trey, really got lucky down the stretch in this one. Um, I feel like the first three quarters were really – almost three quarters. I would say two and a half quarters of this game were really, really rough to watch. Just felt like we were watching another train wreck in slow motion. And suddenly the Bulls started to come on and uh, had just a huge fourth quarter and ended up closing this one out uh, with some help, I think, from from some luck. Finally, I mean, you know, hey, we talk all the time about the bad luck we have. Let's go ahead and just like say acknowledge that we had good luck here. They, the calls at the end of this game with the uh, away from the, the play foul call on Terrence Mann and then the foul call on the three by DeMar DeRozan. We've seen that play before and it hasn't resulted in a foul and foul shots for the Bulls. So, you know, th- there was some luck here involved, I think. There was, but I think they were both fouls. We just happened to be lucky enough that they were in such, like, the, the three-point shot, it was pretty clearly a foul. But the Terrence Mann one, that happens on a lot of plays, but yeah. very rarely is it so blatantly done right in front of a referee. And I thought that I thought that Mann was pretty physical on the inbounds play, and I'm glad that they let them play, but... I think the ref just kind of saw it, and it was it was literally like sticking your hand in the cookie jar while while the parent is staring right at you. Yeah, it was really it, it was bad positioning. I mean, it was right there in front of the ref. It was at the end of the game. Uh, I mean, man, you know, if you're a Clippers fan, you're probably saying man has to have a better presence of mind, a little, maybe a little bit smarter. Um, I think it's just a rough call, honestly. I think there's a I think. I, I don't know if I would say like nine times out of ten, but I'd probably say like, you know, five times out of ten. It's like a 50-50 type call. Like, that's not going to get called a foul. And so, you know. I'd well, say like three out of four times. We we got very lucky yeah. with the whistle on that one. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, and on the other side of that, the Bulls got uh, unlucky or, or the Clippers got a little bit lucky because DeRozan uh, missed a free throw. But then the Bulls got lucky again, Trey, in overtime because Paul George is on a minutes limit, so he couldn't play in the overtime period. So that gave the bulls a decided, you know, a really decisive advantage, I feel like. And uh, we end up pulling it out at the end. So, uh, but it's a bulls win. And even though we got lucky at the very end of the game, you can't discount the fact that the bulls really made a furious run uh, towards the end of the third into the fourth quarter. And at one point they won on a 22 to 11 run. Uh, and DeMar DeRozan had 14 out of 22 of those points. Um, so just incredible. Uh, incredible comeback here by the Bulls. A lot of, uh, I guess you'd say, uh, you know, tenacity, courage, whatever you want to say, in, in the face of adversity. Uh, the kind of stuff you want to see, you know, going into the into the playoffs. I mean, this is, um, I think, a small building block, but it's a nice building block either way because, uh, you know, the Bulls were winning games with fight and effort level, and it felt like they had given up on that the last uh, couple weeks. And we saw uh, just a flash of that tonight, so that gives me a little bit of hope. Yeah, this was a this was a very fun game to watch as a Bulls fan. And starting out early, I love how 
we continuously go to Vooch early in the game. Mm-hmm. And then we just decide, hey, you know what? That was working fantastic. Everything's flowing. <laughs> Let's just not do that anymore. Uh, yeah. And to me, that that was the first thing that jumped out to me. Um, I just I thought the Bulls, they had such a rhythm. And for me, DeMar and Zach, they're going whatever shots they're going to get, whether they have 17 seconds on the shot clock or nine seconds left on the shot clock. They're going to be able to get the same quality of shots. So I think running things through Vooch and getting other guys going, that just opens up things more for DeMar and Zach when they do get the ball. So to me, that was my first big takeaway in the game. What about you? Uh, yeah, I thought the first, you know, three quarters or so, it was, you know, really rough, especially on the offensive end. Um, like you said, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan uh, getting shots, but they're getting shots that weren't high quality shots. Um, for whatever reason, we did end up going away from Vooch. I, I, I can't tell you why either, Trey. <laughs> it was working very well. Um, I agree with you wholeheartedly there. Um, and, you know, when, when this team does play through Vooch, it's it's always pretty much always good news. Um, real quick though, guys, before you head on, I want to go ahead and plug our guys here. Uh, you are listening to the Sports Ethos Chicago Bulls coverage show. Listeners, please take a moment to go follow at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. It's the single most dominant fan- basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. They get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than competition and provides more analysis too. Again, that's at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. Go follow it now. And yeah, it was, um, you know, it looked like, again, a slow train wreck up until about maybe three or four minutes left in the third quarter. And that's when we kind of turned it around. We had a couple of big threes. I think it was Kobe White. And then uh, DeMar DeRozan hit his second three of the night, actually, uh, to get us like within like three or four points. And that's when uh, things felt like, okay, wait a minute. Bulls are starting to come to life here. Um, But yeah, I felt like, you know, and I know it, it, I had one episode here, Trey, where I got to hate on Patrick Williams, and now I have to go back the other way, obviously, and say, man, I absolutely love what he did tonight, especially when it came to the fourth quarter and in the overtime. I felt like there were big moments here where Patrick Williams really hit uh, big shots. He made the red cuts. Uh, he was getting hands on loose balls as far as rebounds go, uh, defensively rotating and getting blocks and things like that. Uh, great Patrick Williams sh- uh, games night. And uh, and I want to say that because I also want to preface that by preface what I'm saying here about Vooch, because I've been uh, I wouldn't say a Vooch hater, but a Vooch uh, skeptic. But I think, um, you know, the Bulls have been playing through him a little bit more last few games. uh, And we've seen, you know, that that can really be effective. And so I'm you know, I'm liking what we saw out of here, uh, out of Vooch and out of the Bulls and uh and Trey, we did win two in a row, actually, now that I'm looking at and have my uh, my feet under me. So I was right in that opening there because we went against the Washington Wizards. We won against the Wizards. Now we won tonight. Uh, we lost against the Knicks. You're right. So we did only won two in a row, but uh, we've won three out of the last four. But in that Wizards game, too, I felt like, you know, when DeMar was getting trapped, we were playing through Vooch a lot more. And uh, that was just a good thing. So, I, you know, I, I don't know why they went away from it. I, I don't have an answer for you there. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Whatever whatever the decision was, it worked out in the end. I just, I feel like when we, when we struggle to get good quality shots, it's because we're not attacking the rim. Whether, whether Zach's not attacking the rim because his knee's still... It, bothering him yeah or or what he's usually the guy i look to to kind of break down a defense when it comes to, when it comes to getting to the rim so if he's not gonna do that i i really just like going to vooch as that second option and you mentioned kobe white and the big three-pointer he made but even in the first half i i just have it written down that he he does he tries his best to breathe oxygen yeah. into the offense he's um, a fantastic bench scorer go ahead yeah right bench scorer or even he does a good job of penetrating and then passing out of the penetration to other guys so i think kobe gets a bad rap for a lot of things he's been he's been really crashing the boards lately mm. if like uh, i don't have the numbers to back that up he only had one rebound tonight, but I, I feel like he's really been crashing the boards pretty hard lately his defense like sometimes you he doesn't always make the right decision, but he's always he's always closing out. He's always trying hard. He's not he's not having me send you a message like Zach did tonight, saying God, I wish he would just close out and stop guys from you know shooting wide open three pointers. Kobe's always go like he, the defensive effort has really ramped up this season, and I think tonight it really showed. He like. I, I I have written down Kobe is a baller, and you know how <laughs> how much I like my stats, how much I like my analytics and stuff. But he was just really really playing a great game. I thought all game, and you did hate on Patrick Williams. I I'm a, you know I'm a lover of all things. He had a rough first half, so mm-hmm. I think uh, Billy starting him in the second half and really just continuing to give him the minutes. I think that gave him the confidence, really. And I think they just put him in better positions to do things. Well, I don't think we've talked, Trey, since the time that uh, Billy Donovan made those comments about Patrick Williams needing to earn his minutes. Uh, and this is the way you earn them. I mean, this is, you know, definitely earned tonight. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, I think it's valid. I think it's valid from Billy Donovan. I've been a critic of, of Billy Donovan's, too, but I think this is a valid thing that he's saying. I don't think you just give – Patrick Williams minutes without you know letting him earn it. I think that's just something that also Patrick Williams responds to. Um, I think he responded to it tonight, you know, uh, when when the going got tough. But yeah, it was a rough first half uh, for the entire Bulls squad, um, not just uh, Patrick Williams. I felt like you, you did mention Zach Levine struggling a little bit with that injury. Um, just seems to step slow. Uh, just seemed like he was not attacking the basket at the rate that we've seen him do it before. Uh, and you know, jumpers are fine. Uh, and that you know, the, he had that, he hit that three, fadeaway three at the end of the first half which is uh, awesome. I mean, obviously it makes you go, whoa, like I can't believe that guy did it. But uh, you want to see the guy you know, getting downhill and going to the basket because not only can he score with that jumper, he can also score going downhill. And, you know, I had in my notes here, Trey, through the first three quarters at least as we were trailing this, 
if you on if you're Zach Levine, and I know this is a, a conversation in the Bulls community about Zach Levine, if if he's a uh, you know max player or not, I know we are both in agreement that he is and he should be paid the max and he's got that skill. I know he's dealing with an injury, but if you want to get paid that max and you want to be you know universally regarded with no questions as a max player, you're in this competition basically with Paul George. And you're getting shown out through three quarters, at least here, uh, and probably the whole game. I think Paul George I definitely ha- had a better game than Zach Levine all around. We're talking about defense, offense, everything like that. So, um, you know, there's an argument to be made, I think, that Zach Levine uh, giving him the max is a little bit worrisome. I don't think anyone disagrees. Uh, I, I'm on that. I'm kind of in, of that stance where it's like I don't disagree that he deserves it. But I do find it a little bit worrisome that if we give it to him and we don't have the right pieces around him. Whereas if you have like a Paul George or Giannis, obviously those guys, yeah, you know, you can put whoever around them. They're still going to be a good team. Yeah, Paul George is just a better player than Zach Levine is, and that's just the reality of the situation. But in Zach's defense. I agree. It didn't seem like he was attacking the rim enough. It didn't seem like, you know, things were going that way tonight. That was our big complaint, right? He went 10 of 13 from the, he still got to the free throw yeah. line 13 times and a night mm-hmm. where we both look at it and think, man, there were so many more opportunities for Zach to attack. And like, we don't know quite the extent of his knee injury. So like, I don't know exactly what he's going through. You mentioned the one amazing three point shot he made and it was, it makes you go, wow. Mm. He missed his other five. Yeah. So one of six from like he had a really poor shooting night and thankfully he got to the free throw line. He did have five assists though, which is really uh, a pretty good number for him. And he did get four rebounds. So I'd like to see him continuing to try and contribute in other ways. To me, I want to see him really dial in on the defensive end. I want crisp defensive rotations. I want the good communication. I, I think if he could if he could channel in on that end, that that could be the game changer for him and really for the Bulls. Because if you can have a defensive unit that doesn't have a weak point and everybody yeah. rotates and everybody moves, then deep, the offenses, they struggle to capitalize on those weak points. Then they wouldn't be able to take advantage of Vooch like they do. But we yet again had um, at least two times when even Stacey King in the, in the broadcast was mentioning, you know, Zach Levine just – not being quick enough to communicate to his teammates or not being quick enough to rotate. Um, so it is a real issue. You know, I think that's probably, you know, you talk about Paul George and, and Zach Levine, just comparing the two. Um, offensively, I, I still think Paul George is better than Zach Levine, but I don't think it's by a whole lot. But if you're talking about defensively, that's where the real, um, you know, discrepancy is. And there's plenty of guys in the league that are getting paid, you know, max or near max. You know, I'll look at like a Julius Randle who I'm like, you know, questionable uh, contract type thing. And, of course, I think Zach Levine's better than those guys. But, like you say, if he can be less of a slouch, basically that's the way I'll put it, less of a slouch on defense, uh, I think that's definitely, you know, a plus. And, that, and that's definitely, like, like that makes it worth it. Like, he's worth that max contract for me. Um, but I think the Bulls give it to him either way. I think you take that gamble because the guy's young enough. Um, that he still has that ability. And even if he doesn't develop that ability on defense, he's still offensively um, head and shoulders above most of the competition. I would put him above, you know, top 10 shooting guard in the league. Don't know if I'd put him top five. Donovan Mitchell exists. Paul George exists. Uh, and Paul George is, is arguably a, a small forward. You know, when you're talking about positions, it's kind of strange. But um, but what I'm saying, you know, Devin Booker, I think I'd take over, over Zach Levine. What I'm saying is, like, 
you know, still, if he's a top 10 shooting guard, he deserves to be paid the max, right? Yeah, he definitely deserves, especially considering he's probably not making an all NBA team. So it goes from the super max right. down yeah. to the max. So Saves that 40 is 40 million or something like that, right? Yeah, I believe so. I think it's 40 million over the course of the year. So he's either way, you he's worth it, but he's even more worth it considering he's probably not making all NBA. Um, one other guy I wanted to kind of poo-poo a little bit. Io kind of struggled tonight. It seemed mm. like he just couldn't get a grip on the ball. It, he was kind of like one step ahead, like the receiver who doesn't look the ball in before, you know, he takes off running before he catches it. Um, he just looked a little rough tonight. And I thought, I thought he was just trying to do too much. It seemed like, and everything, the game was just a little too fast for him at times. So Patrick Williams, Showing out was great, but I always seem to struggle a little bit for me. What What about you? What did you see from Io? Anything, anything, or was that just me being the Debbie Downer on my end? I've been down on Io for you know a few weeks now, maybe even close to a month. He just hasn't. Um, and I know uh, you know if you guys played fantasy basketball, uh, Josh Lloyd is one of the guys that's in that community, and he mentioned something about uh, the rookie wall basically not existing. And I and I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I think there is something of a rookie wall. Uh, where it's just, you know, people start to actually take you seriously <laughs> at a certain point uh, and actually game plan for you. And, you know, Io is, a, is an important part of this piece here because Io is the guy that's theoretically going to get easy looks and easy baskets, and he has. He's gotten looks at the rim, and he's just, like you said, failed to secure the basketball or he's missed easy bunnies or, you know, any number of things. But he is the guy that's going to get easy looks because you've got Zach Levine, you've got DeMar DeRozan, you've got Gooch out there who are just commanding so much um, defensive pressure uh, that he's the one that's got to, you know, step up. And he, if he can score uh, 10 to 15 points a game on a regular basis and, and be that kind of threat and, you know, hit the three ball at a decent rate, uh, things of that nature, then then he's doing his job. And I don't feel like he's doing his job right now. And I know we've talked in the past about is he best starting or best coming off the bench. And I, I still think he's best coming off the bench. I've always thought that. I think he's definitely better than, you know, 38th in the draft. I believe he was taken. And obviously he's way better than, than that. But he's not necessarily a guy that's going to be like a starter level type talent. And of course, we're missing Lonzo Ball. So um, this is all like grain of salt. Like, obviously, we just don't have the starting point guard that, we're, that we were supposed to have. And the Bulls are really in a really tough situation. But I. I one guy I'm going to point to, and he got um, – he didn't get very many minutes on. I'm sure he didn't. I don't even know how many he got, but I know I didn't see him very much. 12, 12 minutes. minutes. Yeah. He had 12 minutes. Javante Green. And you know who I'm talking about, obviously, Trey. Uh, and I just felt like this guy was such a plus when he was in, and I just don't know why he's disappeared. I get why Derek Jones Jr. has disappeared. I know people are somewhat upset about it. Um, I'm not so upset about it. I think Tristan Thompson's a better better fit for what we need in that second unit. But Javante Green, uh, and I think you can go to Derek Jones Jr. if you can go small ball center, and that's fine. And, and the Bulls did a little bit tonight. They didn't use Derek Jones Jr., but they went small ball. But anyways, um, but Javante Green's the guy I'm going to point to that I think, you know, if you can, you can start Caruso, you can start Javante Green, and then bring Io off the bench. Um, I just thought Javante just had such activity, especially on the, uh, you know, offensive boards and just attacking the rim with just reckless abandon. Uh, and I missed that, man. How about you? I agree. My question is with Patrick Williams starting in the second half, the first two plays for the Clippers out of the gate was uh, Morris attacking DeMar DeRozan in the paint. Like those were the first two plays the Clippers ran. So uh, to me, I didn't know if Billy Donovan put Patrick Williams in to start because Patrick Williams started on Morris 
as a way to try and negate what the Clippers started the game with, or if that was just because he thought Patrick Williams deserved to start over Caruso. So to me, I wonder, is Patrick Williams going to continue to start? Because I don't, I don't like the fit of Williams and Green together. I like I would like to kind of have those two separate for for whatever reason in my head. So to me, I, I like to kind of separate those two if I can. Yeah, they occupy the same the same space. I think you know being able to um, cover for the Bulls' Espe- defensive inefficiencies, especially if we can get the second half Patrick Williams on a regular basis. That kind right. of active, you know, def- active on defense, cutting to the rim. That that same sort of you know secondary finisher. I would not be surprised, Trey, if uh, Patrick Williams is starting the next game. I think, uh, you know, I think w- one thing I want to give Billy credit uh, Billy credit for tonight is making some in-game adjustments because that has been one criticism I've given to him. And like you said, you know, Patrick Williams starting, uh, he went with a little bit of small ball stuff without a center for a little while. Um, he did make some in-game adjustments tonight that made sense. The Bulls pulled out the win, so I do have to give him some credit here. I thought he did a, a really good job with that. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised that Patrick Williams starts the next game because I feel like Billy, when it comes to, like, public sentiment, he's really uh, in tune with that, and he's really, like, sensitive to that. And I think people are have been asking, you know, why isn't Patrick Williams playing more minutes? And that's something he's been asked a lot in, in media, you know, uh, in interviews uh post game you know pressers and things like that and uh so i think he's one of those guys that kind of bows down to that kind of pressure not not like it's a bad thing like it, it can be a good thing but it, it can be a bad thing but it, it can also be a good thing but i think this is something that we're we're going to see like pressure you know playing patrick williams more i think i i wouldn't be surprised if patrick williams starts next game how about you i wouldn't either especially considering the guy he's replacing is Caruso, who mm. he's the ultimate team guy. He's not going to mind coming off the bench. And if you look at tonight, Caruso had the most assists on the mm. team. He had seven assists tonight. So he is he does have a good ability to play make. So I the idea of Caruso coming in and just being a defensive monster and kind of running running the back being the backup point guard and letting Kobe be, you know, just the secondary playmaker. Or, you know, secondary secondary guy. I like that fit a little bit better. So not only, I mean, I know it might be a little bit of Billy just saying, oh, this is what we're supposed to do, so this is what we're going to do. But I, I do think the fit is better. Um, having Caruso, having a real point guard on that second unit that can run things a little bit better, I like that. I like Caruso's energy mm. coming off the bench. Especially if you have Green coming off the bench, him and Green yeah. coming in together, I I love what those guys bring, and I, I think if they can continue to kind of lift the energy up on that end, that's it's just going to continue to pay off with with crisper rotations, better communication, because you know Zach not included all of the time, but everybody else they seem to be you know trying to get better at the at the rotating at helping on the pick and roll all of the things we wanted them to do throughout the year that they just didn't do, whether it was because of injuries or, you know, coaching negligence, they're finally starting to to do these things on defense. And it might be too little too late for this postseason, but it's nice to finally see them making that progress. I did. I did think the defense was decent tonight, Trey. I thought the Clippers made a lot of tough shots early in the game. 
Um, so we were a bit unlucky as far as that goes. But yeah, hey, that happens, man. And at some point, you have to stop saying, hey, we're unlucky and actually look at the defense. But I'm uh, pretty sure they've been the best three point shooting team over the last three years. Like if you look at the three years, the Clippers combined, have. Yeah, they've just yeah. they've shot the, the they've shot the absolute lights out from three point by design. They do they do a great job of stretching your defense and yeah. knowing exactly where they can get a, an open three pointer. It was a really tough uh, game as far as that goes uh, defensively, and yeah, there were some times where it could have been better. Like Patrick Williams um, started to rotate to I think it was Reggie Jackson uh, driving to the lane and, and left Batum open in the corner like three times in a row or something like that. And you know that just happens. I mean, you know, like you said, you know, when it's a good three point shooting team, you have to give something up and that's what they gave up and they knocked down the shot. But at the end of the game, they missed a few of the shots. So, um, you know, it's the NBA and at some point you have to, uh, give up a shot and, and sometimes you're okay with that. Uh, real quick guys, before I, we move on, I want to ha- uh, tell you guys about a brand new daily fantasy partner we have at sports ethos thrive fantasy prop up with thrive fantasy on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use code ethos when you sign up to get a hundred percent positive match bonus on your first deposit up to a hundred bucks plus either two or four free game t- tickets to play pick player props on the biggest names playing every night score points when your props hit and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money and check out our sports ethos dfs team or podcast for advice on winners again that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com um but no you know good good win tonight uh trey and around the league a little bit, we did have some also some good results here. Philadelphia uh, lost to Detroit, which is kind of crazy, 94 to 102. And the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Brooklyn Nets in overtime, 120 to 119. Uh, probably good for us because that means the net the uh, Bucks move up in the standings, I believe. Let's let's take a look at those standings. They should be updated at this point. Uh, yeah, Bucks are second now. Um, half a game behind the Heat. And then they've got the Celtics at, at third, two games behind the Heat. And the Sixers have now slipped to fourth, who are two and a half games behind the Heat, with the Bulls sitting at fifth right now, four games behind the Heat. And the Raptors, just a half game behind us at four and a half games. And we do own the tiebreaker over the Raptors and the, and the Cavaliers. With tonight's win, Trey, the threat of being in the play-in has dissipated pretty much. I mean, I think, you know, if the Bulls win two more games here, they're pretty much in the clear uh, because the Cavs are really struggling without Jared Allen, and they lost again tonight. Um, was that tonight? Yeah, that was tonight. Wasn't Mobley it? is also out, I believe. Yeah, Mobley, no Jared Allen. Yeah, they lost tonight to the uh, Atlanta Hawks, 107-131. to So as long as uh, they continue to struggle, we are golden to stay out of the play-in. Obviously, the goal now is to stay ahead of the Raptors in that fourth, in, in that fifth spot as opposed to the sixth spot, uh, which, you know, it doesn't matter all that much because there's going to be a lot of shuffling in that top top four teams or so. And we're, wherever we end up, we're going to play whoever. We're not going to have home court advantage, and that's really the only thing that would matter. So, um I have no more like worry about the Bulls because they're now they're now out of the play-in, right? <laughs> yeah, unless they lose they lose out and the Cavs catch fire, and I hope the Bulls don't lose out. But this these are the remaining teams: we go Heat, Bucks, Celtics, Hornets, Timberwolves. So not None of those exactly. Are easy. Yeah. Yeah, all of those games. I think we'll we'll probably be favored against the Hornets, but the rest of those games will probably be the underdogs because the Minnesota game it's at Minnesota, and mm. then you've got the Heat, Bucks, and Celtics. So 
the Bulls have difficult games to win, but given the struggles of Cleveland, I, I, I think it's pretty safe that the Bulls are going to, to make to avoid the plan. And I know we moved on from the game, but one little stat I wanted to shout out. Yeah. Everyone talks about the 50-40-90 club like as players. The Clippers as a team shot 50% from the field, 44% from three, and 92% from wow. the free throw line and still yeah. lost. Wow. That is incredible. Yeah, that that takes a little bit of luck, and I think we had it. Um, but that's a good win, man. I mean, you know, on, on paper, it's a good win. I, I think experiencing it, like I said, through the first uh, two and a half quarters or so, it was just like misery. And then, uh, and then the Bulls started to come on. But man, but now, but now that we're looking at it in retrospect, uh, and obviously we do these right after the game, guys, so we don't have a lot of like distance from this stuff. But uh, but you can put it in that perspective, Trey. Uh, it is pretty impressive, honestly. That's a, that's a pretty impressive win uh, on the Bulls' part. So that's that's good. That makes me happy. Um, so yeah, uh, moving on from this game, though. Yeah, the, the Bulls do have a tough schedule here, Trey, but they do have uh, four out of their next five games here are home. So that is a plus in our favor, also. Um, you know, again, we got to stave off the Raptors. We have a much harder um, schedule than the Raptors have. So I am not confident that that happens. And the Raptors are are playing really well. They're they're beating teams that are, you know, they're they're just playing really well and beating teams that they shouldn't be beating even. So uh, I think the Bulls probably sit to sixth, honestly. But it, it doesn't matter because like at the end of the day, we're gonna play one of uh, you know one of the same teams we're going to play anyways, we're going to play the Bucks, the, the Celtics or the, or the Sixers, maybe the Heat. I mean, you never know. Um, we'll see how this all shakes out. Yeah. So. As close as those top teams are, it it doesn't really matter which teams we end up against. As long as we avoid the play-in, that avoiding the play-in after everything that's happened this second half of the season, that, that to me, it's at least a, a minor success for the season. Yeah. Um, so that's it, man. I think that's all we got here for you guys. Quickly, before we sign off, we want to also remind you all to use co- coupon code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. And also check out our pals at mybookie.ag. Use code HOOPBALL on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. I'm Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at, at BSBPKeith. And Trey, where can the people find you? On Twitter at FinalFinally. And please do follow the show, guys and gals at ethos bulls go follow it and leave us a five-star review on itunes if you have itunes leave us those five stars tell us whatever you want to tell us it doesn't matter but five stars helps us uh you know, reach other ears reach other people and uh go do it it's like 90 seconds not even <laughs> okay until next time though guys You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.